Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. So today we are going to continue with the story of Daniel. We started it in the last episode. We introduced Daniel and his best friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, told their story. Now we're going to finish up, or at least continue, Daniel, who is the namesake of the book of the Bible, uh, the book of Daniel, and continue on from there. So we're going to pick up in chapter 4 of Daniel, which I probably should have saved for after the whole drinking portion, but whatever. Here we go. So today, I'm as last as I was last episode, Switching it up a little bit, because I'm sure that you guys got bored of me just talking about whiskey and bourbon and scotch. Although I don't understand how anyone could, because they're three of my favorite subjects. The whole whiskey family is something that I, I definitely adore. But we want to switch things up, so I drink I drink some wine, last one. This one is actually left field, a wild card that I was not even planning to talk about on the show at all. Uh, I, I've gotten in this habit uh, as I'm doing the show and working on the show and 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 thinking about it and trying to put it into uh, like a, like like my to-do list of stuff that I'm that I'm working on is buying new new booze or or refilling my stash at the very least so I have new things to talk about because I don't want every week to be like oh and this week I'm drinking the same thing that I was you know th- that's not fun to talk about switching it up a little bit this bottle I did not even buy for the show at all I bought because another friend of mine had told me that she was recently had gotten into and spoiler alert gotten into the world of gin had confided in me that some clearly neanderthals had had ridiculed her for being like a a gin drinker and like that was a very feminine thing to do or something and I took great offense to that I had to reassure her that like no gin is a badass spirit it's amazing so i bought this bottle with the intentions of her coming over and and she did and we drank uh, about seven eighths of it so (laughs) i'm i'm finishing up the last bit i did actually the next day after that evening which was about a week and a half ago go out and buy another whole bottle of it because i really liked it i've been talking vaguely long enough the bottle i'm talking about is actually beefeater london dry gin Uh, however this is their brand new product, which definitely sounds like a plug that they're paying me to talk about, but it's at this point definitely not, although I'm open to it. It just came out and it piqued my interest. It's it's the Beefeater London uh, Pink. Beefeater Pink. It, it is definitely, definitely pink in color, which doesn't help with the whole thing with my friend where she was felt ridiculed for drink uh, gin being a female drink. Anyway, it is strawberry flavored gin, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. I bought the bottle just for her, for for her to come over and us hang out, and we drank most of it. And then I went out the next day and bought another bottle because I did not want to be out of it. I'm a I'm a big lover of gin as it as it is. I like I like many different variations of gin. I, one of my first loves is gin and tonic, which if man. I'm trying. I'm trying to go quickly because there is so much I can talk about in the world of of this whole topic and gin and things before we even get into the story of Daniel. I'm trying hard not to focus on the the alcohol portion of getting biblical, 
but I, I feel like if you don't know, you need to know. So here's how, here's how, you know what, I'm not going to talk about gin and tonic right now. You can Google that, or I can talk about it later. We're going to talk about gin. So gin is the, in the family of vodka. It is the sister spirit, or if you want to, I don't think you're totally inaccurate, it is the, the world's first flavored vodka. It is, it's, it's in the same family. It's still, it's still the same root spirit, uh, you know, at, at, at its base, but, but this, but regular gin is generally, it's flavored with, you know, botanicals and most importantly, juniper berries. That's what gives it its distinct flavoring. And I just think it enhances it so much. Regular vodka, I'm sorry, Russians and people, uh, vodka just doesn't do it for me personally. Vodka, I spent too many years, like, as a frat boy, and, like, and vodka is what you pour into drinks when you want to get messed up but not taste the alcohol so much, you know? Whether it's a, a Cape Cod or, um, uh, uh, which is a uh, cranberry and vodka, or what, whatever else you might put. You could put, you could put vodka in anything and just spike anything. And to me, it's just like, it's just like coffee. So... I'm not trying to like like hate on whatever, but I drink my coffee black. I, I'm a firm believer in that that you should enjoy life the way that you enjoy life and do whatever you want to do. However, I like to enjoy things for what they are, not for what I add to them, if that makes any sense. Meaning, I want to drink coffee because I like coffee. I like black coffee. And that's how I am wired. That's how I am. The idea of of filling up a cup halfway or so with coffee and then filling the other half with sugar and artificial flavorings and all this stuff means to me, no offense, that you don't like coffee. You like sugar and flavorings, and you just need a vehicle to get them into your mouth and stomach, uh, which is coffee, and coffee, coffee is the good, the good vehicle for that. So I, I, I am trying to be better, but I, I always have a little bit of a judgment on, on people that get the uh, super caramel, diabetes, whatever, frappuccino thing, and like you don't, you're not, like, that's fine. If you love it, that's fine, but you don't love coffee. You love those things so don't come at me telling me you're a coffee lover you're just you're a sugar lover and you just want it in liquid form and there's nothing wrong with that i mean health wise whatever but i'm not here to judge you on on any of that stuff anyway so that's how i always felt with vodka is that vodka is like oh no you just want to drink cranberry juice that also will get you turnt uh, and that type of thing so whereas gin Gin to me has always stood out as as a much deeper, uh, fun flavor profile, and I've always been a huge fan. And then gin and tonic, and that whole backstory, which uh, I'll probably talk about on a different show because I'm I'm already over time on on all this. Either way, blah blah blah. Get to the point, Matt. Beefeater Pink is is everything that you remember not love about gin, but then with strawberries added into it and there's a pink flake a pink pink color to it and i don't know what about that attracted me <laughs> to it originally oh i think it was because it was a three dollar off coupon actually is what originally attracted me to it which worked I, I i really i really 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 like it i really like it currently right the second drinking it just straight 
because I'm dieting and I don't want the tonic water or things it has some some latent sugars in there. But but as a gin and tonic, it's a it's a different profile than than what a regular gin and tonic would be. It, with it neat, which is a weird way to drink gin kind of, but I, I still like it. Like I still like it hits it and there's there's a lot of floral notes. It feels it feels it feels like it'll mess you up, but it's also like fun and floral and fruity all at the same time. So I feel like I've talked a whole bunch about this product and they're not paying me a penny for it. But you know what? I talk about the things that I like and I was very pleasantly surprised that I really, really like this thing. So Beef Eater Pink, if you like gin, you should get it. If you've never had gin, you should get this and try it out. And let's go. So Daniel. We find ourselves in Daniel chapter 4. Uh, a little bit of time has passed from the whole, you know, furnace thing, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stuff. King Nebuchadnezzar has another dream that that just scares him shitless. And by the way, I, I think I said it, didn't listen to the last episode. You, you might want to... I mean, I, it might be self-contained. I'm not quite sure, but you probably should probably should look at the other one, listen to the other one to get the baseline of all this. But anyway, so Nebuchadnezzar has another dream that scares him shitless, and he doesn't even go through the whole threatening wizards with cutting them up and turning their house to rubble or, or his go-to. He just calls Daniel and says, "Hey, had a dream. Tell me what the deal is." He actually this time he tells Daniel what the dream is. He doesn't make him go through the through the the hoops, and he says. There was a huge tree, and it was amazing, and it reached all the way up to heaven, and you could see this tree from all over the earth. It was, I mean, the world tree, is, it was in his dream. And the leaves were beautiful, and it had amazing fruit, and all the animals of the earth, like, were hanging out, like, just living near its base, and just prospering, and, and it was just a great, majestic, like, like better than the great Deku tree in Ocarina of Time, who played Legend of Zelda. Just like a massive like world tree. Then, the second part of the dream, a messenger comes down from heaven and says, Cut down that tree and cut down the branches. Make the animals scatter and leave nothing but a stump. And then, the messenger says, Let him be drenched from the dew of heaven and have his mind changed from that of a man to that of an animal, and he will stay that way seven years. Which is a really weird dream to talk about a tree. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Naturally, naturally the king was weirded out, and he called Daniel over. And Daniel listens to the whole thing, and Daniel gets legit scared. Daniel is terrified, because while the last dream had a little bit of a spin on it that he could do this one was just kind of bad like he just he recognized that it was a bad foreshadowing it was not good and he was really afraid that the king was going to lose his shit and like kill daniel so daniel was was pretty stressed out about it they kept talking and the king's like you gotta tell me you gotta tell me you're my guy daniel's like bro um because the king's i think i think i think it's in there the king's like He's like, it's out. It's about my enemies, right? My enemies are the trees, and we're, they're going to get cut down and scattered and turned to stumps, and we're going to be awesome and whatever. And and Daniel's like, nah, man, like, you you the tree, you the tree, dog. It's not about your enemies. I wish it was. It's about you. Your kingdom is huge, and it oversees everything, and you're doing a great job. Like, you know, kudos on that. 
But uh, you're about to be cut down. And that last part is kind of weird about the whole let them be cut and everything is leaves and stuff and branches cut and change his mind from that of a man to that of an animal and he will stay that way seven years like that's not that's not good bro <laughs> that's not okay the king's like okay well tell me more what what does that mean exactly because i don't i don't know how to i don't know how to i don't know how to process what you're telling me right now it's like well you're 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 the tree you're you're big you're awesome but in a little while, you're going to be driven away from the people, and you're going to live with wild animals, and you're going to eat grass like, like a like an ox does, and you're going to get rained on, uh, and then from the you know the dew of heaven, you know you're you're going to be you're just going to live out in the wild. You're going to get rained on, and that's gonna that's gonna happen for seven years, and you're gonna just live as live like a wild man out there, and until until the moment that you acknowledge that. God Almighty is is on high and he is sovereign over all kingdoms. When you realize that, then then you'll be released. The good news is the part about the com- the command that the messenger gives in the dream to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that God is the best over him. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed it may be that your prosperity will continue he's he's trying to tell him that's a direct quote he's trying to tell him avert this crisis you can stop it let's be better let's be better people and let's do the right thing and maybe it won't happen king let it go in one ear and out the other and was like well that sucks but you know what can you do? <laughs> like whatever, we're just gonna we're gonna go about our ways. Thanks so much, Daniel, for coming. And that's it. And a whole year goes by. A year later, I know we're moving very quickly. A year later happens, and the the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, is walking around his kingdom, thinking of how great he is and how he oversees so much land, so many people, and and just how awesome he is. And out of nowhere a voice from heaven comes out and says king nebuchadnezzar now is the time you will be driven out from the people and made to eat grass like an ox and live in the wild for seven years until you can say that i am god and that's what happened he immediately ran out from the kingdom and lived in the woods and ate grass and then let the rain fall on him and didn't give a fuck and and it says, the Bible says that his hair grew out like feathers and his nails grew long like claws. And he basically just became a crazy person living in the woods. Uh, and this went on for seven years. Seven years. They were just like, the whole kingdom was like, I mean, he's our king. He's still the king. Why is he out there acting like a wildling? Like, what is he, what is he doing? But they just let it rock, and they're just like, "He's the king; he can do whatever that he wants." I guess. Or, I mean, the economy's okay. I guess we can just we can just keep managing. And then at the end of the seven years of him acting like an animal, he happens to raise his eyes to heaven, and his sanity was restored. And he praised God, and everything went back to normal. And he got his throne back, and everything was fine. And that was it. He it was a long journey, seven years of being a wild animal. But when he came back to his senses, he was like, nope, 
the God of Daniel is is the God, and I was wrong for not taking him seriously, and we all need to we all need to respect him. And it was a pretty monumentous occasion when the king of Babylon coming down off of an, an insanity animal whatever trip um, declares that the God of the Israelites is the God that matters. Pretty big deal. So then, after some time, it, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar kind of steps down. I it doesn't even really talk about at this point if he dies or not. But he steps down, and his son, Belshazzar, so now it's King Belshazzar of Babylon, he takes over. He's been king for like a little bit. This isn't like his first weekend or whatever, but he's been king for a little bit. And he has a huge party with a thousand of his best friends. And they're drinking wine, and there's prostitutes, and all the A-listers. Like, you know, the people that we talked about earlier, like whoever it is right now. What, what do we say? Leonardo DiCaprio, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, whatever. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. They're all there. They're all hanging out. And they're having this huge party. And he, and he gets this bright idea. He's like, wait, wait, why are we drinking out of these boring glasses? Someone go bring us all of the holy goblets that my dad stole from Jerusalem and their temple, all all the holy artifacts, bring those out and we'll use those for glassware. We'll drink wine out of those, which these are all things that are all they're all holy, they're all ordained or whatever, they're they're kadosh in Hebrew. They are set apart for God. He's like, Nope. Bring them out, let's drink wine out of them, give them to the prostitutes, let's go, let's let's just have a big party. I think it pissed Scott off a little bit. He was not okay with it. And I get it. I get it. It's like, you know, I'm not going to fault him. Like, those were those were the, those were the thing, the pieces, the, the goblets and the whatever and stuff, the artifacts that were supposed to be in the temple in his location that God wanted them to be. And this guy's dad stole them from where they were supposed to be and took them somewhere else. And now the son is using them haphazardly to drink wine out of God's kind of mad like I mean you don't like you know no one likes it when someone goes in your room and touches your stuff right like that's that's why God's mad and so then in the middle of this party everyone's there all the A-listers and stuff all those people they're all there and they're hanging out and they're having a grand old time and out of nowhere a ghost spectral disembodied hand appears in the room all eyes are on the hand and the hand floats across the room to the biggest wall near the throne of the room and just starts with its like index finger just starts right like ghost writing words on the wall and the whole group is just jaw dropped just watching this disembodied ghost hand just write words on the wall and everybody is losing their shit and they're all freaking out and like what is happening the finger starts writing out words. Here are the word, the four words that it writes. Mine, mine, tekel, parson. Mine, mine, tekel, parson. Which, clearly, you don't know what those words mean. I don't know what those words mean. And in fact, the king and all his people did not know what those words meant. They were not words in the language of anyone at the party or anyone that was nearby. 
they were they were a mystical god angel whatever tongue language no one knew no one knew and the king lost his shit he, the king was going bonkers he didn't know like 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 when a ghost hand writes a word a message on your wall you want to read it and no one can read it and they were freaking out and they're trying to figure this out they're losing their minds rightfully so i get it and so he summons all the wizards and told them whoever can translate these words he would give them robes and like a gold chain and they'll he'll make them the third highest ranking person in the kingdom but none of his wizards could figure it out nobody could figure out what this is these weren't these aren't words what like mine mine tackle parson that isn't that's not a thing they're like this doesn't make any sense it's not there's just gibberish it's just gibberish the ghost the ghost hand wrote gibberish on your wall like that's just that's, that was the best thing they could come up with but then but then the king's wife who actually never even gets a name unfortunately but she was the smartest one in the room the king's wife comes in and goes, hey, you invited a bunch of these other like douche guys, but what about what about Daniel? There's this guy, Daniel, in your kingdom who speaks with the spirit of the true God, and he helped your dad a lot. You should probably get him, my king. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Daniel. Let's get Daniel. So he brings Daniel in, and he's like, Daniel, please, like if you will just, if you'll, if you'll translate these words for me, I'll give you a robe. I'll give you a big chain. I'll make you the third most powerful person in the whole kingdom. And Daniel's like, you know what? I'm not. I'm not really in with like. I don't care about the robe. I don't care about the gold. I don't care about whatever. Keep your things. Keep your third highest whatever. Keep all that. I don't care. But I'm gonna tell you anyway. I'm gonna tell you what's going on. Uh, just bro speak me to you before I actually translate. Just let you know your dad had some big revelations with with god he had some life-changing moments and some, some things happen and god helped create and increase the whole kingdom and now you you little shit paraphrased you you came in and took over the kingdom and now you're the king but you didn't you didn't deserve any of this and you didn't you don't serve god and so you don't have the same deal with them and on top of that you went and took the holy things and drank wine out of them with prostitutes and which is not okay and so god's a little bit mad just fyi so that's just a little speech that daniel did and then he's like now i'm going to tell you what the inscription means and again it was mine mine tekel parson is how i'm choosing to pronounce it what the the mine mine part means is it translates to god has numbered the days of your reign and is bringing it to an end okay so that's mine mine tackle you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting which is just the most ominous possible way of saying we're judging you <laughs> like 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 we don't we don't appreciate what you did you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting and then the last one so many many tackle paris last word paris your kingdom will be divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. These are two other conflicting groups in the area. Kind of like his biggest enemies, almost. God has numbered the days of your reign and bringing it to an end. You have been judged and your kingdom is going to be divided and given to the your, your enemies, the Medes and Persians. That was the message. That was the ghost hand message that was on the wall. And King Belshazzar was like, you're right. Uh, I did a I did a fucked up thing. I should not have done that. 
and I'm pretty sorry. And he gave Daniel the robes and the necklace, and he declares Daniel the third highest ranking person in the kingdom. And King Belshazzar was like getting all ready. He's like, so many of these stories, it's funny, it's fun. So many of these stories in the Bible, and we're going to get to them later, where people, men of men of God, uh, come and and tell the king or tell a person, like, oh, you need to turn from your evil ways. And so many of the people, like Pharaoh, uh, it says his heart was hardened. And, like, there's so many people in the Bible that are just like, no, fuck off. Like, I don't, like, oh, you're telling me what I should do to be good in God's eyes and whatever. And so many people are like, like I don't care. Like I don't, like stop talking to me. Like I'm gonna do what I want. You don't know me, uh, type of thing. And and here King Belshazzar was like, I got you. You're right. You're right. Your God took care of my dad, and we have this kingdom. And I I did not. What I did wasn't cool, man. I get it. And he was going through this whole process of changing who he was as a person and. And I think he could have went on to do a lot, of, a lot of great things. Except later that night, he was murdered. <laughs> he, uh, King Belshazzar was murdered that same that same night before he had a chance to do anything and make anything better, uh, which is very unfortunate. But even still, continuing on with the story, Bible's very quick. Like, oh, and then King Belshazzar was like, realized he was wrong, and then he was murdered, and then like, like boom, like just badoom, like nothing. And then and then the new guy that comes over is a guy named Darius, who just sounds like the douchiest person ever. But Darius was a Mede, which, if you remember the last part, the Paris part of the, this thing was your kingdom will be divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Darius was a Mede. So already, within 24 hours or so, of the handwriting on the wall, whatever prophecy, the, the translation, we've already seen him play. So like Darius, I made fun of his name being Douchey. Uh, he actually was pretty a pretty decent guy and also pretty great at making governments and setting up governments. Uh, so I'm going to give him actually a good a good bit of credit here. He has his flaws, which we'll get to. But he has some really great really great things. So his first thing that he does while is the new king of Babylonian Babylon whatever. He sets up 120 like small governors of Babylon, right? So like little little figureheads everywhere. And then above those 120 governors, he sets three other guys in charge of them, right? So you've got you've got this whole like ladder system of leadership, you've got layers of things. It's, it's a pretty decent system. And one of those three head honcho guys happened to be Daniel. And our boy Daniel was pretty freaking great at his job. So good, in fact, that the king was going to promote him to be head of the whole kingdom. He was like, oh, we got 120 guys who report to three. Screw that. They're going to report to, like, two, I guess. And then they're going to report to you, Daniel, because you're awesome. And you're good at everything that you do. He was about, Our boy Daniel was about to get promoted again. Like, there's so many, so many corporate ladder moves on this in this whole story. It's amazing. But these other two guys were jealous of Daniel's promotion and, and things that were happening. And they got super butthurt uh, over the whole idea. And they started to plot against him. So they kept looking for things that he did every day, like in his day-to-day -day job, and how they could get him into trouble. 
but our boy Daniel was pretty also pretty great and honest and didn't like fuck around. He didn't do stuff, but so they they could not find any dirt on him. He was clean, like yeah, like like how do you how do you snitch on someone who doesn't do anything wrong? Like it's very difficult. So they didn't know what they could do, but they said, hey, they got together and they started talking. Like hey, you know what you know what's big with Daniel? His religion, his beliefs. What if we could? What if we could turn that into something bad? And they they put their minds to work. And after a little bit of while, I don't know. I don't know if it was ten minutes or five hours or five weeks or months. I don't know. It doesn't specify. But at some point, these these butt hurt douche nozzle guys who are trying to mess with our boy Daniel, they go to the king and they brown nose the shit out of him. And they go, hey great and wonderful glorious king our king should live forever you are the best king this land has ever seen you are so awesome and of course the king's like i know and and they go and we have an idea just it just it just popped in our head how about you just you know make a decree make a unreversible like locked in stone law a decree for the next 30 days, everyone in the kingdom can only pray to you. All prayers have to go to you, our king. You're it. And if anyone else tries to pray to anything that isn't you, like an animal or another person or like, I don't know, some other god or, or something, then they should, uh, I don't know, be like thrown into the lion's den. How about that? Now, pause. The lion's den. Bible doesn't really describe it very much, but what we what we can gather and what I envision, and I'm going to extend that envisioning to you, the imagination to you. It's kind of like the bottomless pit from 300. You know, the whole like we've all seen the memes a, a million times over. You know, this is. Sparta, you know, and he kicks the guy and the guy just falls down. It's like that. But instead of a bottomless pit, it's it has a bottom, but at the bottom are lions. And the lions are kept hungry and starving so that when you throw something in there, they just wreck it. They just they, they eat it all. Kind of like when they lowered the goat into the Velociraptor pit in the first Jurassic Park and it just comes up in shambles. And for like foreshadowing stuff, I didn't show the lost raptors at that point, but like you could get the sense of like they aren't something to mess with, right? Like that's what I envision the lion's pit being. It's 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 the Jurassic Park Velociraptor cage mixed with three hundred. This is Sparta pit, like like something something like that, right? So okay. So that's the lion's den. So the king says, huh, so make a decree, make a law that everyone in the kingdom can only pray to me for the next 30 days. And if they don't, they get thrown into the lion's den, which they need to be fed anyway. We haven't, we haven't fed them recently. You know what? I do really enjoy being prayed to. I, I do like that a lot. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. And the new and the douche nozzle guys, these the butthurt guys are like, great! And they like whip out this like decree contract like out of their back pockets. They had already written up and everything. Just just sign here and make it official, and then it's irreversible and it's constant, and everything will be fine. And and we can make sure that 
that you can get the praise that you deserve, my lord. Uh, that type of thing. And he's like, yeah, I'm the king. Let's go. Let's sign it. And they're like, great. Okay, good talk. Bye. And they leave. Unfortunately, at this point, we realize our boy Daniel had a, had a habit of three times a day, he would go to his upstairs bedroom where there was a window that opened out and looked towards Jerusalem. So that's where he was pulled out of as like a, a young slave, whatever. Even though he's gotten promoted and risen to the ranks, like his heart's still there. Like so every day, he three times a day, he would open up the window or whatever and look out and pray. Just open up, you know, like like not doesn't care who sees or whatever and just pray like, like faces Jerusalem and then prays to God. These butt hurt douche nozzles like camped out and waited for him to do it. Daniel wasn't backing down, right? He ain't no bitch. Like, he, you know, he's doing his... He's, if, if he's going to open up his window and look at Jerusalem and pray to his God, he's going to do it. He doesn't care what anybody sees. So they all see him, and they run off to the king immediately. And they go, Hey, king, remember that rule that you made about, like, how only people can, like, pray to you and only you and nothing else ever, whatever? And if they don't, they get, they get thrown into the lion's den. You remember that thing that you just did? And he's like, yes, the decree that I made that cannot be reversed, and it is law by the laws of the Medes and the Persians. Very, It's a very grandiose thing that he says. And like, yeah, that thing. Well, your boy Daniel, he is disrespecting you, and he is praying three times a day to someone that isn't you. We have to throw him in the pit. We have to throw him in the lion's den. Unfortunately, at this point, uh, it's kind of a little bit sad. King Darius, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Was it a douchey name? Sorry. I lost it already. The king is distraught. Like, he's actually really upset. Like, he got a little ahead of himself in making the decree and agreeing to it. But he's super sad because he really likes Daniel. Like, he, he thinks he's a great guy. Like, he thinks the world of him. And he, he goes to work trying to undo the decree that he had made in order to try and save Daniel. But it's it's written flawlessly like there's no loopholes here he can't do it so he has no other choice but to reluctantly send out a warrant send out his guards to go get daniel and bring him back to the lion's den so they can throw him in there and he meets daniel in front of the lion's den and daniel's there and the king says to daniel may your god whom you serve continually rescue you and they throw daniel into the lion's den and roll a big stone over the top of the the entrance, you know, the 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 hole, the pit, or whatever that goes down to the den. Again, the the whole like 300 imagery. They roll a big stone over it, and the king locks it, and like like two of his like best guards or or whatever, is, you know, they lock it. Like it's a multi-person, almost nuclear reactor type thing. Like not one person can do it because once that thing is sealed. Nobody can come and do a one-man miraculous, like, you know, you got to get the whole group together. You know, Mission Impossible, like, all the keys together if you're trying to try to save a person. Like, he is locked in there with them lions. And the king goes back to his, like, throne room or his chambers or whatever you want to call it, and he is distraught. He is so upset because he liked Daniel. He thought he, thought the, he, thought he was great. And, and the king couldn't eat or couldn't sleep. And the Bible even goes so far as to say that he would not even have entertainment that night which is crazy like he didn't even turn on the jester television or whatever like to go to sleep like he just he couldn't sleep he couldn't eat he was so he was he was actually very very upset that daniel was down there uh this was not something that he wanted to have done 
And at at the first light, first morning, you know, first beam of sun rays that come out came out over the horizon, he runs out of his chambers, runs out of the throne room, runs down to the lion's den, goes to the big rock that's covering the whole den, and he and he yells out, Daniel, Daniel, did your God save you? And he's like, you know, he's yelling through the rock down into the, the, the dark abyss, the pit that is the lion's den where Daniel's down there. Did your God save you? And he waits and he listens. Maybe maybe his ears up to the rock itself. And Daniel screams back. May the king live forever. My God has sent an angel to close the mouths of the lions and they have not hurt me. And the king gives orders to remove the stone and to get Daniel out, to lift Daniel out of the pit. And, they, and then when they pulled him up, they saw that he was, there wasn't even a scratch on him. He was, he was absolutely unscathed, and which, which made the king very happy. Once Daniel was free, he then, <laughs> he then ordered that the butthurt douche nozzles that framed or set up Daniel. It was a very malicious thing that they did, and the king was mad about it. So the king ordered that the, the butthurt douche nozzles be thrown into the lion's den, along with, here's where it gets savage and less fun, but they get thrown in with their wives and their children. So the butthurt douche nozzles and their wives and their children all got thrown into the lion's den. And it says that the lions overpowered them and quote-unquote crushed their bones. The lions were ready to eat. They'd been sitting with Daniel all night and apparently were magically divine intervention, not able to open their mouths or do anything. And they are hungry and they devoured these douche guys and their unfortunate wives and even bless their hearts children yeah tore them all up but you don't so you don't do that snitches get stitches right that's the term stitches get their bones crushed by lions so then darius made a king darius made a new decree that everyone in his kingdom must fear and have reverence for the god of daniel who saved him from the lion's den and he wrote the whole story out and put it in every language of the world and sent copies out to all the other kingdoms the ones he didn't he wasn't even in control of, just his other like his other king friends out there. He sent it out to everybody so that everyone would know the story of Daniel and his God that protected him. And that's the story of Daniel and the Lion's Den. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. There's a few more stories of Daniel in the book of Daniel. There's a lot more dreams that he interprets. That was definitely his thing. There were some of his dreams, some other dreams. There was dreams that involved uh, unicorn goats, uh, other ones that involved the kings of the north and kings of the south, which is very Game of Thrones. But we'll save all that for, for another day. Uh, but these two, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then, of course, Daniel and the Lion's Den are two of my favorites. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please, at some point, find us on iTunes and, and, and give us at least that review. That would be very helpful if you want to hear more at all. That being said, thank you guys. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Love and peace to everybody out there. Dale and Lion's Den. Cheers.